Hello there, and welcome to the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner, joined by Sun Devil Source reporters, Kalen Jones. Kalen, how are you this afternoon? Doing good. I saw Black Panther for the first time last night. Great movie. Did you like it? You liked it a lot? Yeah, there's definitely critiques, but good movie. Good, good movie. movie. All right, Max Madden, how are you today, Max? I'm uh, doing great. My hunger has been satiated by a number 16 of Jimmy John's with provolone cheese. Satiated. Is that word of the day? It is. All right, Chris Cartman, our very own site publisher. How are you, sir? I'm awesome. Did you have any capicola on that sandwich, Max? Because one of us did learn what capicola was today. Uh, I did not, but I do I did know what it is. Okay. I didn't know what it is, so <laughs> that little inside joke is it's Rob Warner, the, the host that didn't know what that was, and I actually don't feel ashamed at all. I don't know how many people in the world know what capicola is, but I'm, Most I wasn't one of them going into today. <laughs> it's delicious. Not a big week, though, for Jimmy Johns. It's a big final week for ASU spring practices as the team prepares for its spring game which will be this Friday night at 7 p.m. from Sun Devil Soccer Stadium. And with the first game comes the lineups from the two deep. This was the two deep from practice today, Tuesday, April 10th. The first team offense, quarterback Manny Wilkins, running back Trelon Smith, receivers Nikhil Harry, Kaya Williams, Charles Chapman, tight end Tommy Hudson, offensive lineman left to right, Zach Robertson, Alex Lasoya, Cole Cabral, Steve Miller, and Quinn Bailey. The first team defense, defensive lineman, were the defensive line from left to right, Jalen Bates, Rennell Wren, Shannon Foreman, and then at outside linebackers, Malik Lawal, J.J. Wilson, middle linebackers, Kalen Thomas, and then Taron Adams at boundary side corner, Dominique Harrison, Ranger, boundary side, Kobe Williams, field side cornerback, Langston Frederick, Ranger, field safety, and Evan Thomas, Evan, excuse me, Evan Fields was the Tillman. What do you guys think are some of the biggest position battles, though, right now? Well, keep in mind, for people listening, it might be freaking out because they didn't hear Chase Lucas's name. He's had a knee, a minor knee issue, so he's not been in the lineup. Taron Abs has moved in front of him. Also, what we've seen here consistently recently is the receivers have been rotating quite a bit. What we know is um, from what coaches have said and from what we've seen, Kyle Williams and Nikhil Harry obviously are starters. They're trying to find who out who the third starter is going to be. you got multiple candidates for that. Uh Primarily Terrell Chapman, Ryan Jenkins, I would say, are the most likely options. Curtis Hodges wasn't practicing for a week. He was back out there today, and he also took a few first-team reps. What do you guys think, Max and Kalen, about about some of the position battles right now and, and ones that you guys are looking forward to? Uh, well, I think the the one that's been pretty unavoidable the last few practices has been the battle for the middle linebacker spot between Kalen Thomas and Nick Ralston, of course. Uh, that could change come fall with the addition of Merlin Robertson, but uh, in recent weeks, it looked for a while that, that Nick Ralston was maybe trending up. He was getting more of the first-team reps, but today it was just about a 50-50 split on the uh, multiple tempo sessions that they went through. So that's definitely going to be one of the most important position battles going forward to keep an eye on, especially in the spring game. Yes, one of the other position battles that, I mean, you guys mentioned pretty much everything except for the left tackle position. Uh, Obviously, Tyson Rising had been holding that position down heading up into the return of Zach Robertson, uh, who had been out with family issues or or personal matters prior to his return in the spring. But after, you know, kind of shadowing for the first couple weeks, now he's been splitting. Uh, Last Friday, we saw him kind of go through walkthroughs with the first-team unit. Now... This week, he's actually taken part um, as part of the first-team offensive left tackle. So it, I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch moving forward because you're, they're definitely going to add Casey Tucker, the graduate chancellor from Stanford, who likely fills in at that left tackle position. But we'll see whether or not you know Tyson Rising or at least Zach Robertson can push the, for that, you know, maybe not second, not even the second starting spot there, but even left guard position. Yeah, so be, before Robertson started working at left tackle, there is one day where he was at left guard 
um, or like he shouted one day and then he was out there one day. Um, the coaches have all but said that Casey Tucker is going to be the starting left tackle. It's basically Dave Christensen, uh, the offensive line coach, and Herm Edwards have both said that. Well, you know Cole Cabral is going to be at center. Steve Miller is going to be a right guard. Quinn Bailey is going to be a right tackle. That's where they were last year, except for Cabral's move from left tackle to center. Zach Robertson has starting experience, but not at left guard. That's the other spot that's available. So either he's battling Lasoya and or perhaps Roy Hemsley, the USC transfer when he arrives. And then moving forward, new look offense. Obviously in 2018, Billy Napier was the offensive coordinator. In 2017, Billy Napier was the offensive coordinator. It's now Rob Likens, who's the wide receivers coach a year ago. And with that change, it appears we're going to see some changes on the off- in the offensive scheme. Herm Edwards was asked about that on Friday night following ASU's practice, and he said every player I think is a little bit different, but I think especially defensively. Offensively, it's not a lot of the same. When What I think you'll see different, you're going to see guys, what guys have noticed, the quarterback's under center more than you probably anticipated. He is. That's a little bit different for them. Other than that, I think it's not as much volume probably. Maybe some of that is cut out. Rob Likens was asked about huddling on Thursday following practice and said, that is one of the things I've learned from Herm that I had forgotten about in football. When you get in those no-huddle signals from the sideline tempo, what you lose in football and what we have lost in football is the leadership from the quarterback. Through Herm, I have kind of found that again, the importance of getting in the huddle and the quarterback looking everybody in the eye and saying, boys, here we go. We are going to get right now. The play is going to work. We're going to blah, 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 ready, break. And he is looking at everybody in the eye, and there's just a sense of confidence. And then speaking to that a little bit, he, he clarified Manny Wilkins' leadership, saying Manny's leadership has gone through the roof this spring. I mean, it is incredible the jump he's made. So now when Manny is out like, oh, whoa, we don't have that leader anymore, that is what Blake has done a really good job when he comes in trying to be the same leader as Manny. So what do you guys think are some of the changes we're going to see uh, in, in under center uh, of the team being more under center? Well, I think it kind of um, placates to Manny Wilkins' leadership style. I think we've mentioned in a previous podcast and in uh, one of the stories that we wrote earlier this, this offseason about like Manny Wilkins' leadership and where he's come under Herm Edwards, he enjoys having the ability to step into a huddle, look his players in the eyes and tell them, you know, like kind of sense that he's here for a reason, like he's actually playing for his players. And you kind of lose that when, you know, in modern football, because a lot of the time, um, especially with no huddle, up-tempo offenses, you're just turning, already being in a formation, then getting your play in. There's no leadership being communicated, especially in terms of communication standpoint. So I think that's definitely an element that gets added back this year. Now, speaking with uh, with Wilkins today, a lot of <clears throat> what he mentioned, he he said that he loves being under center more, and, and I think the the key point for Wilkins is why he likes it so much is that it adds a lot of offensive versatility to the game plan. There are a lot more looks you can have. You know, the boots are different. You can now incorporate maybe more play action rollouts along with the RPO and give defenses lots of different looks. Uh, and adjust it and maybe see the line a little bit better when you're up close and maybe what the defensive is scheming for. So Wilkins has noted that he really enjoys being under center and, you know, maybe having a bunch of different plays will, you know, help the offense. I tried to pin down Rob Likens, asked him last week, okay, so how much exactly are you guys going to be under center, do you think? And he wouldn't answer that. It was more of a, well, that's when you get into game planning and it's like a week-to-week thing. Well, I think that, it probably isn't actually that exactly, but to some degree maybe. But but more than that, they're going to see once they get all their package in what they execute really at a high level. And then from there, they'll be able to 
sort of tailor their packages to the, each opponent. But Wilkins, to echo what Max said, he does really like it. He said all of his uh, off-season work is done from under center. Of course, in the NFL, you're going to have to be able to receive the ball from under center and take a five-step, seven-step drop and, and, and all that stuff. And he wants to be able to demonstrate that he has the ability to do that. So moving in, in the direction of an offense that incorporates some of that is something that he, he perceives as favorable. Now, what I think needs to be said here is you got to be able to run the football from under center in order to be able to access the play actions and some of the other things that you want to do that can confuse a defense. And we're not in any any way uh, far enough along to be able to make too many determinations on that part of it. What do you guys think of the leadership part that, that Likens is talking about and, and how he says that Manny is really improving in that and how literally he says that when Manny's not out there, it's like, oh, well, we don't have the leader right now. Well, look, I, I, I think he – this is Rob Likens' first time working with the quarterbacks, right? I think that a lot of us agreed that Manny Wilkins last year showed uh, a significant increase in his leadership. And especially when – the reporters who who engage with with Wilkins from like his first year as a starter through last year and now this year, he's actually become a lot more engaging, and the, the dialogue is a lot easier. I think he felt challenged uh, really early on, or maybe threatened by some of the questions or the way that people kind of interacted with him. And I don't really see any of that now. I just see a guy who's just really conversational and he likes to talk about the game in a more advanced way, and that has to reflect really well. In, in film settings, you know, with, with, with um, you know, Likens and then working with other quarterbacks. One of the other things that Manny Wilkins said that really struck me is that it's important to not just lead the guys that you know are going to be out there with the first team. Like, I have to make sure that I'm touching everybody so that they all appreciate and are bought into what we're trying to do in the collective. And so I, that's probably where Likens is seeing that evolution uh, in terms of the, how he's broadening out his leadership approach. And speaking just a little bit to your point, um, sorry to interrupt, Kalen. Speaking to your point a little bit about um, how he likes to talk about football, um, he seemed like he understood so much today and was so comfortable talking about some of the intricacies that seemed like they're tough things to talk about. And when you were questioning him about certain things, it seemed like he was really showing that he has this thought development, that he's really trying to be the best leader and best quarterback that's possible out of getting from the senior. Well, I think Rob Likens provided some insight into the best way to, to look at this, like a window into what you're talking about here. And that is to say that last year, Likens said Dylan Sterling Cole didn't even really know what the plays were as he's trying to get up and lined up. And fig- and so you're, as you're actually, the play is going on and you're still trying to like figure out everything as opposed to having that all being mapped out in your head to where you're only focused on what the defense is doing and how do I counteract whatever it is that they're going to show me. And 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 the reason why that's important is because Wilkins, he, he's already done all that. Now he knows, hey, these are where all my receivers are going to be and how this is going to be blocked. And instead, he's focused on coming up, seeing what the protections are, reading the defense based upon all of his film study and then knowing what he has to do so that it's, it's a lot more reactionary when the play begins. And that, so that that's, um, and then, and then what he can do from understanding that is he can convey to everybody else around him, what emphasis is, you know, they have to have and what, what, you know, what, he, what's important and why on a certain play, even beforehand or, or on the sidelines, or if they do huddle more, which they're talking about maybe doing, 
Um, so there's a lot of uh, different sort of boxes that you check in terms of where that can have value when you have a, a veteran senior quarterback. And I, what I would say is it's not a coincidence that if you look historically at the Pac-12 conference, so many of the best teams that go to the Rose Bowl or, or play in, in the playoff are led by these veteran multi-year starter senior, senior quarterbacks. Moving from the, the discussion about Manny to the spring game and the format of it this year, four students from the 942 crew will serve as offensive and defensive coordinators in that game. Each student will be given a series to call plays in a range of five or six offensive plays to choose from and a few coverages to choose from. Herm said he wanted to do it because he wants to bring the students into the game and give more life to the game. Uh, how does this speak to the openness that is surrounding the program kind of under Herm? I think it's interesting. I, and he kind of made a joke and challenged, you know, people who, again, kind of maybe not necessarily question what ASU is doing, but the idea that it's so simple to coach and, and, and be uh, involved in college football. So I, I think that was really interesting, that dynamic. Um, I think it, it'll give people a chance to really step in and have an opportunity to try it. I'm, I'm sure Chris will disagree with this, but I'm not, you know, convinced that it's a totally a huge deal uh, that that these these kids will call. I think it five five or six kids calling, so it's roughly four or five series that they'll be calling. Um, you know, I'm sure that the plays are very carefully chosen so that there's nothing could go wrong. You know, these kids aren't here, out here like calling four verts every play like they're playing well, NCAA I mean, football. They might be. I mean, right. Uh, and you know, it's not the entire game. That would be a, a probably a poor decision it's just a few series and they have predetermined carefully selected plays the hope is that you can still evaluate from these sessions um because if you can't if it's set up in a way where you can't evaluate your talent which is what you know key component of spring football then it's going to be an issue well i think what i'm looking forward to is is the 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 um how much of the gap they're able to close between learning the plays and being able to have the plays be something that you're reacting to on the field because that that's where success comes on in, in in football right now they're going through all their installations and everything right and going from learning what the playbook is or seeing it and whatever to being able to just have it be communicated and reacted to that's really the key thing and then is there going to be any sort of separating at some of these key position battles, you know, who's going to win the third receiver spot, you know, what's going to happen with um, the front seven, you know, Nick Ralston and Kalen Thomas. Is anybody going to push up and chant? Like has Jordan Hoyt got a chance to push and become a starter or, you know, somebody else? Uh, I think those are kind of the things that I'm looking for, looking into seeing. All right, so I'm going to put each of you guys on the spot. I want to hear two things you guys are watching or think you should watch out for for the spring game. Um, so looking at the defensive, maybe not the defensive line um, configuration, but who's lining up there. I think um, we've seen three people kind of maybe hold down to solidified roles. When you look at Rennell Wren, Shannon Foreman, and Jalen Bates, we can see whether or not Jordan Hoyt pushes into there. I think defensively, like how Danny Gonzalez sees his configurations going into the summertime, I think that's something to see. Uh, I think the the main thing I'll be looking for, as I mentioned before, was sort of that that linebacker, 
dynamic between Nick Ralston and also Kalen Thomas, not just in drills or in you know tempo drills and practice, but actually in a game situation where things are going to catch you off guard and you're not going to have your coaches directly you know ten ten yards off the field to to help you like guide you through those drills. So actually having him having those guys have to react in game, and then also the wide receiver battle between Jenkins and Darby or Chapman wherever those go and where those guys end up and and where they end up in terms of is Jenkins going to be used in the slot maybe and they push Kyle Williams outside is Jenkins and Darby are they primarily uh, going for that Z role you know those are the types of things that I'll be looking for I'm looking to see if any of the play calls from the 942 crew are good enough to be added to the ASU staff Uh, no but really I, I think you know People sort of seem to the casual observers. They sometimes you seem to forget that blocking is a game. Football is a game of blocking and tackling, right? So they haven't done a whole lot of tackling in the spring. Mm-hmm. I want to see like, are you going to be able to make plays on guys when you're actually at full speed, and are you going to be able to get blocks that you need to get blocks mm-hmm. to spring? You know, running backs break in, guys on the perimeter when you throw bubble screens. All those kinds of things. I want to know where they're at with that developmental process beyond the learning of what you're doing schematically. And then I also think uh, I'm, I'm looking at this as a really prime opportunity to evaluate the backup quarterbacks because up until this, the start of the spring, you know, we didn't know if anybody else was going to be ready to take over for Manny Wilkins after the season. We still don't know the answer to that, but we did see some growth, and that's going to be really under a microscope, I think, on Friday. What I'm looking for, I think, is I want to see how the offensive line does because they haven't exactly practiced together very much at full strength all at the same time. I want to see if Zach Robertson is playing with that first team and, and what exactly they can do against a defensive line that I think we can all agree has done a very good job, at least in the spring, of, of dominating the offensive line. And then other than that, I, I'm curious to see how, how the running backs are going to do in this game. Um, it, whether it's – I don't know if Eno Benjamin will be completely ready to go, but Trelon Smith and if it's just Trelon Smith and uh, uh, Cosgrove, I'm really curious to see what exactly we can expect out of that. Well, I, we don't know why Benjamin missed today, but I mean, he seemed like he'd been practicing kind of fine until, you know. So, But, yeah, they obviously they're so thin at running back. That is something to look at. So that's all we have time for on this edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast alongside Sun Devil Source reporters Kalen Jones, Max Madden, our very own site publisher Chris Cartman. I'm your host Rob Warner saying so long and thank you for tuning in.